All right. Hey, welcome back, ladies, gents, and everybody in between to the Band of Misfits podcast, the showcase of controlled chaos we call our friendship. Welcome to episode three. It has been a crazy ride so far, and it's great to be getting started in a nice, steady recording rhythm. Uh, so how is everybody doing tonight? Shut up, Wolf. <laughs> Professionalism. Sorry, I, just, I just knew she was wearing a crown. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't even phase me, honestly. I'm I was sorry. Like, I just. Okay. By the way, guys, we're we're doing um we're on Discord <laughs> doing a video call, and Shiona has a very sparkly crown on his head, and I didn't notice because I was getting everything set up. We're all. I heard me say, "Okay, princess," <laughs> but I didn't think anything about it. Everyone is just their own very breed of. Uh, he was laughing so hard she had to mute herself. <laughs> oh my goodness! I okay. So this is an episode that's going to be pretty dear to me personally. Uh, we are going to be talking about our favorite music groups and how music in the mainstream has just evolved over time. Basically, it's just going to be a fun little discussion. And as someone that is getting their bachelor's in music i feel i'm almost overly qualified to be talking about this <laughs> all right so we're just first of all i've got some ground rules written out for us there's not going to be any judgments here if you like shania twain or dolly our queen dolly parton who's shania twain she's a pop country singer and we will have to stop laughing muse already <laughs> Where was this reaction? Where was this reaction last week? So, anyway, if you like our queen Dolly Parton, <laughs> like I do, of course, or if you like just if you really like rap, or or a particular rap artist, which is fine. There's not going to be any judgments or being like you don't have any taste in music, because everybody's taste in music and cultural background is different. You know what I mean? And then we're gonna give people time. She to turned speak. her camera off. <sighs> and we're gonna give people time to speak and we're also going to listen to moi whenever it's time to move on to a different group or a different person and we're just gonna be listing our top three each and then going off of the discussion oh, from there. Amanda, you have to try and corral us right now I, lost it. you know i do my best to remain professional in these situations but i swear i, <laughs> I do too and look how long that lasted oh my goodness i Okay, so I guess I will kick us off with um, my top three music groups. All right, first of all, um, I'm going to say my first one is going to be Fleetwood Mac. Uh, I love Fleetwood Mac. Uh, number two, uh, this is a harder one for me because it's mostly based in nostalgia a little bit. Uh, I, hmm, man, I really like Alice in Chains, and I really enjoy... Kaylani. I really like Kaylani. So let's look at my top three. And you guys might not know Kaylani because she's from kind of an alternative R&B scene. Um, but I will talk about her until the cows come home. So let's get started with Fleetwood Mac. So what do you guys think about Fleetwood Mac? Do you guys listen to that kind of alternative music? Or that kind of like folk, folky music at all? Uh, Kaylani occasionally. Yeah. Do you not know who Fleetwood Mac is? No, I do. I, <laughs> I was gonna say. 
I will say, I know you that I'm under a bit of a rock, but surely but that rock isn't that. Please big. tell me you know who Stevie Nicks is. I'm literally going to cry. <laughs> anyway, what a, Stevie uh, is a, honestly... a blank look on her face. No, I know. Stevie is honestly one of the biggest reasons that I enjoy that type of softer rock, such folk music. Mm. And she's someone that I really admire. Um just for what everything that she's been through and her songwriting is phenomenal and now Fleetwood Mac is a group and I'm sure most of you already know this Fleetwood Mac is the type of group that they kind of split off and do solo writing for the group and sometimes they'll write together but there's a lot of Fleetwood Mac songs that are specific to different members of Fleetwood Mac Uh, for example Go Your Own Way was written by Lindsey Buckingham who is the lead guitarist of Fleetwood Mac and he's written a couple others. Uh, I'm pretty sure he wrote The Chain, but I think he wrote that with Mac as well. With uh, with Mac, who is the lead, uh, who, not the lead, he's the drummer with Mac. Um, and then Stevie wrote Rhiannon and Dreams, which is one of my just all-time favorite songs in general. I think that Dreams is one of those songs that's just peak songwriting. Honestly, there's lots of metaphors and allusions to other personal things that you don't really need to know Stevie to relate to your own life. And I also, and then you have uh, Christine McVie. I think she's kind of an underrated songwriter for the group. Songbird is a beautiful, beautiful ballad that I, just when you're just feeling really nostalgic and kind of in your feelings, it's something you can go back to and listen. Um, Do you guys have any points about Fleetwood Mac or like if you, if there's any songs that you like? Oh, man. I'm honestly trying to look up songs on my phone right now to figure out what song it is. I just like random songs, not really particular artists, but I do have a few artists that I, I particularly yeah. like. So that's why I'm I, trying I think to just what we can do right now. Maybe it is just as someone that writes a lot um, about writes a lot of poetry and did a lot of songwriting when she was younger, and I don't really get to do that anymore um, just because it's not my career goal and it's not something I study. Um, but I do enjoy Fleetwood Mac songwriting, and especially Stevie's. Almost all of my favorite Fleetwood Mac songs were written, or at least co-written by Stevie. And I really like, their music is unique in the way that like, every song has kind of a different feel to it. You know, like there's a little bit of a different flavor to whatever songwriter you're getting on that particular song and the kind of rhythm you're, I mean, like look at the chain compared to uh, Rhiannon, Rhiannon is a much more like mystic kind of, uh, what's the word? I don't want to say that because that's a slur. Hippie, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> hippie kind of feel. And then you have Lindsay's much more serious, harder rock writing. And if you're a Guardians of the Galaxy fan, if you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2, you'll know the chain because that was yes the song. they have and the so, best songs in those movies yes really like, they had, ever. the 70s are some of the best music in general so they had a really great catalog to choose from for those movies anyway um next i mean the 80s are a different close second um and i definitely think the 70s had some of the best songwriters um at least in mainstream music and it, anything about overall artistry i don't know i just i really like Fleetwood Mac, their cover designs and um, their performing style. Stevie was a very much. Um, Stevie still is. I mean, she still makes music. That's another thing. Stevie Nicks still records and releases music. That's successful. 
Um, but when Fleetwood Mac was the group, she kind of made them come to life. And I really admire that. So next up, Alice in Chains for me. Uh, so do you guys know who Alice in Chains is? Do you know anything about brunch music? I know Nirvana, obviously. I've heard about that type, that type of music, but I've never really listened to it. Yeah, I... The fair. And see, I was a bit of a, a grunge, I was a grungy gal in high school. I, I always have yes, been. I've liked yes, I <laughs> and I still dress that way. It's something that I I really enjoy alternative rock and I enjoy uh I enjoy hard rock. Uh so but grunge is kind of that midway point. Um it's like intelligent, like interesting songwriting. But it's also completely against the mainstream and all about being yourself. If you are familiar with the Riot Girl movement, which is a completely different thing, it's more related to punk, but grunge kind of intersects with it. That I wrote an entire paper about the Riot Girl movement, so I'm I'm not gonna get into that. But um, so Alice in Chains is a group uh, led by I believe Lane Staley, Sam Staley, I believe his name. Ah, uh, give me one second, and you guys chat up about. What you know about Grunge I make sure I have this correct <laughs> lead singer. I will apologize in advance. I know none of the, I will probably know none of these positive people you're going to say. Okay. Yeah, I apologize as That's well. Fair. That's Same. fair. Lane, so he was led by Lane Staley. Unfortunately, he did pass away um, early as well. Just like Kurt Cobain, uh, most people believe it was a drug overdose that most people believe was a suicide. And uh, it was quite tragic in the grunge community because he was a very intelligent songwriter. A lot of his songs were anti-establishment and just interesting. What my old guitar teacher used to call intelligent grunge. Everything was very purposeful. All the chord progressions were very uh, set out. And honestly, their guitar riffs and their bass writing, especially, I find to be better than Nirvana. I prefer them to Nirvana. Not that I don't like Nirvana, but I don't know. Alice in Chains is one of the first like grunge CDs my mom let me buy. So there's some nostalgia there. Uh, I remember getting in the car and putting Dirt. Dirt is, um, I believe their second album. I could be wrong. Don't, don't roast me in <laughs> the discussions if you have one about this podcast, if I'm wrong, okay? Uh, but I remember putting it on in the car. My mom was like, sure, let me listen to this. And my mom was like, oh my god this is like some demon music she obviously didn't actually say that and my mom's very supportive in my taste in music and i love her very much but it's just not her type of music anyway so i really enjoy their songwriting style and i think lane has willem duvel has done a pretty good job of taking over for lane since his um passing and i like some of their new music but it doesn't hit the same way for me that lane's writing did so I'm mostly talking about old Alice in Chains. Uh, I really enjoy, you know, grunge is one of those genres where everything kind of sounds similar, you know, but I do think that Alice in Chains stands out a bit, like I said, and they're more purposeful chord progression, they're more uh, purposeful lyrics, even though Nirvana was also really smart with their lyric writing. I mean, Kurt Cobain was a genius lyricist, um, and no discredit to him whatsoever. But I personally prefer this type of lyricism. One second, y'all, my computer is dying. Ah! 
<laughs> and of course, as far as their aesthetic, you know, it's that dark aesthetic that I really liked as a teenager. Okay, I still can't, like can't see the camera, but Panda just <laughs> watching Panda scramble for the charge <laughs> Listen, <laughs> this is professional. Very professional. All right. I know, we're supposed um, to be audio friendly. I'm doing a description. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Anyway, I really like their aesthetic. I like that alternative rock aesthetic. I still dress that way. And maybe it's just by virtue of being someone that looks like they came off a conveyor belt in a factory that makes bisexuals. But I, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's Alice in Chains for me. And then my last one, Kehlani, and you guys, I know you don't really listen to those type of music. So it's a personal thing. Kehlani is an R&B songwriter. She was originally on, what was it? Um, I want to say America's Got Talent years and years ago. This was ages ago that she was on there um, with a group that I can't remember the name of, but she left them not long after America's Got Talent ended. And she is a solo artist now, very successful solo artist. Of course, she might not be mainstream, but she's very successful in her sphere. So she just, I love her voice, first of all. She... Will we get copyright claimed if I play a song right now? Yes. Okay. Dang it. Yep. Well, you anyway, can she's sing got this. It, but you cannot. Play I'm not the song. going to sing on this podcast, okay? <laughs> Don't. I'm not warmed up. My chops are not there. I haven't taken a voice lesson. Oh, you've like... got followed oh. up. She, she muted herself. Okay. <laughs> you are like the best singer. I. No, so I, far. That's a bunch of bull crap. I appreciate it, but listen, just because you're good naturally doesn't mean that you don't need to warm up and you don't need to take lessons. So, um, look at, you think Leia Salonga got that good without taking lessons? Let's be real. <laughs> so, you don't get technique that good without taking lessons and practicing at least. Um, okay, you sound good, good even without warming up. I so. appreciate that, but... I don't think I will be singing right now because I prefer to sing this kind of music with my guitar. Thank you. But like I said, I haven't taken a voice lesson in like four or five years now. So I'm a little rusty. I play the violin. Uh, this is a personal anecdote. I'm an instrumental. Uh, I'm an instrumentalist, first and foremost. <laughs> um, anyway, I she is a queer woman. She is she openly writes about she's pansexual um which i you never really see people that are openly pansexual in mainstream music um and you know it's something that uh works give me one second yeah sorry about that so i really enjoy that she's completely open on her sexuality she writes about both women and men in her songwriting and she also just she writes about just the most like blatant, sometimes she does write about blatantly sexual things okay that's just the nature of r&b but i think she does it in a graceful and respectful way and she has a very beautiful like just soft voice on top of that she's not a belter what's up what's up can you send me the information about her later because now i'm very interested <laughs> <laughs> yes and yes for those of you that don't know who kehlani is She's very attractive, <laughs> so that definitely doesn't have anything to. Well, I like her, I promise. Uh, but, <laughs> but anyway, um, I her new album, uh, 
it was good until it wasn't, I really enjoyed. And I'm sure many of you that are fans of R&B know of and are fans of the songwriting on that album because she mixes through piano and her production is beautiful on it. She did a phenomenal job and she had some great, um, from a rapper named Lexi who just passed away not that long ago, she was friends with, she included one of her, um, I'm not sure if it was a freestyle or if it was something that she had written out for specifically for the album before she passed, but it's a really nice tribute to other artists. And she also briefly includes Megan Thee Stallion, who honestly, I love, I love Megan Thee Stallion, <laughs> all right? I think that she, I think she's bold and I really appreciate a woman that's not afraid to just be open about enjoying sex and who she is, you know, in, including that personality. But anyway, um, as far as Kehlani's music uniqueness, I really think that she has her com completely unique vibe to almost anything we see in modern R&B. You know, she's not afraid to use just a little bit of distortion and a little bit of just different triple, triple meters and that kind of stuff. And I don't know, I just, I don't really hear much. She's got that kind of Jenny Aiko vibe to her where she's just completely in her own skin and does tries not to be influenced by other people. And I really admire that. And as far as her artistry and her aesthetic, I think she's got a really unique look. Um, obviously, like I said, I find her very attractive. Maybe that's not everybody, but I think most- uh, We had a feeling that that was great. going to be a part of the reason why you liked her. Listen, that was, I promise you, I just because somebody is good looking, that doesn't mean that I like them. There are plenty of people I find attractive in music that I don't enjoy their music. <laughs> so, for example, I actually think that, who is it? I actually think Taylor Swift is very pretty, but I don't enjoy much of her music, to be honest. At least much of her modern music. Um, although folklore was pretty good, actually. But anyway, but yes, Kehlani is also one of my favorites. So, what about you guys? Okay, did anybody else just feel like we got showed up by like 50% and we'll definitely not be able to do as good of a job <laughs> Yeah, probably. Oh, crap, I'm gonna do so bad. Yeah, I decided to, I decided to do <laughs> Muse is doing, what is that, Sudoku? I'm sorry, <laughs> this is really an area that I enjoy talking about, so I'm sorry. No, that's fair. So much. No, that's what we're doing. No, this. that is fair. Yeah. All right. Uh, who else is prepared for their top three? <laughs> Neither one of you? Are you? Wolf? Wolf? I feel like we're doing presentations the top three. I feel like, yeah. like I feel like we're doing presentations in class, and uh, oh the kids came in and did theirs first, and now everybody else has to go after. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. Yeah, we ain't gonna do that good job. That good of a job. Listen, this is what my bachelor degree is in, so don't feel too. No, bad. that's fair. <laughs> Yeah, mine's not in the head. <laughs> no, yours is in dead bodies. <laughs> yeah. Mine is in forensics anthropology, to be technical, but yes. For oh, yeah, okay. Explanations in dead bits in human remains. <laughs> I mean, okay, to be fair, that would happen if, like, any of us want to do, like, everything. We were talking about all, like, our top 
three favorite artists and Musement first. Same thing. If we talked about favorite, if we talked about like favorite anime, if we talked about like favorite anime or animation series, and I went first. Oh. Same hey. thing. Excuse me, me too. Who no excuse. Muse in the final four. <laughs> I still hate you too. I still hate you too. <laughs> no, you don't. The fact that you let us drag you into another show is testament to how much you don't hate us. I mean, I added like 12 different shows to the whole list already. You have, you have no right, idea. Let's wait until she starts getting through them so I can add even more. Anyway, All right. Probably gotta get Go ahead, Wolf. Okay, yes, Wolf. So, Wolf. Um, 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 what were we talking about again? We're talking about our top three, three artists and why Short and why we think they're bad. good. Short attention span, please. Um. Anyway, okay. So, um, I want to say my first favorite is Brendan Urie from Panic at the Disco. Views, yes. I knew you'd get excited about that one. Brendan Urie is such a lovable person, and he's stuck with Panic at the Disco, literally. He was, I believe, the last person to join the band. And he was very young when he joined. He was, what, in high school? I want to say. Yeah, I want to say he was, like, what, like, 18 or something. He was really young. You're Googling it, aren't you? Mrs. Googling it. <laughs> I definitely didn't already have it up. Oh, I know you did. <laughs> just look, just look. You and I have similar taste in music, so I'm not surprised that you did. If I can be frank, my brother does not like Brendan whatsoever. Um, no, he's such a, he's such like a supportive he is, dude. He's like pro he ton finds of him to be from what he's heard. He's very cocky behind the scenes, and that's why most of the members of Panic at the Disco left Panic at the Disco. No, most of those so, members of Panic at the Disco left because they didn't believe Panic at the Disco would ever amount to anything. That is why they left. They made up excuses about it being because of him. But it was really because, and and this was admitted by them later on, it was really because they didn't think it was going to amount to anything, and because they just didn't really care to do it anymore. They wanted to get a a real job with their life. You know what? And I will say that I think he's a very, very talented... I have no arguments there. Very talented. Oh, he was actually originally not picked um, as to be the lead vocalist. He was um, trying out to be the lead guitarist because they were trying to find a replacement for him. Uh, he was taking guitar classes offered in his high school, and then Wilson asked him try out. And during a practice, they um, they heard his vocals, and in 2005 was the first um, release of him being a lead singer. Yeah, because that man has a vocal range. Holy hell. Yeah. Well, he's- it's grown. When he first started off, it wasn't as strong as to now. He's really grown, branched out. Well, yeah, yeah. he is. He's in kinky boots. <laughs> I will say that he's obviously not at the vocal range level of Freddie Mercury, but really who is at that vocal range level, to be honest? Yeah, no um, one is at that vocal range. Freddie Mercury was is a god in vocal technique. Honestly, you can't get much better than him or Leia Salonga. So, so 
Anyway, continue. Woof, I apologize. There you go. Um, yeah, so I think he's just a really cool guy. I, I love his vocals and stuff. And I love that out of all the original members, yeah, not only was he added on late, but he's the only one that actually stuck with the band because the other ones were all buttheads that left. Because they <laughs> wanted real jobs, quote, unquote, real jobs, or they didn't feel like Panic at the Disco would really amount to anything. Which is absolute bull, considering when you look at it now, and it's huge. I bet they're regretting it now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, what's so. your favorite song? What's your favorite song? Um, <laughs> you're like you're asking me something so hard. Exactly. Oh, let me look on my phone to find out what the most played song of theirs I have on is. I like girls, girls, boys. And I, mm. I write sins yeah. tragedies, obviously. I think everybody likes that song. Yeah. Um, I like the song Nicotine. Mm. And, of course, I... Okay. My personal opinion, I think it's better than, than the original Into the Unknown. I still haven't heard this. What? I still haven't. We... Some of us have not seen Frozen 2, Okay. <laughs> so pathetic in our lives and haven't seen Frozen 2. Palm, you're... I, I can't say it. Are we trying... Are, is this a PG-13 podcast? This is the PG-13, PG. right? PG. PG. Trying to, is, trying to yeah, keep it PG as PG. possible. Okay, well, calm your... The stream is PG-13. <laughs> I can make gestures because I can't. I'm not recording the screen, but I will make gestures. Um, I would have to say it would probably be... God, probably House of Memories. I just... I just love that or all oh, Saturday night is good as well. <clears throat> oh, and Emperor's New Clothes. <laughs> How can you make me pick one? I hate you. I can't just pick one. You love me. Yeah, I do. But what about why? So, what's another one of your favorites, Wolf? Yeah. Uh, another one of my favorite artists would probably be. Probably be uh, Fall Out Boys. Yeah. See, that's the I thing. Can't. I I I don't dislike Fall Out Boy. I wanna say I don't dislike but Panic of the Disco and Fall Out Boy was never music I was really into. Uh I was too much of an artsy old school teenager to ever get just, into them when I was I like whatever gets my blood pumping. So whatever makes me excited and whatever I can daydream to. And <sighs> Fall Out Boy song Church. My favorite. Absolute mm. favorite. They're just, they're so good. And they're, again, I, they're down-to-earth people. Uh, their lead yeah, singer I mean, is really cool. Yeah, they seem like nice enough guys, for sure. I don't know much about them, personally. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're okay. Like, for me, Panic is above them, but they are still really good. When I was in high school, I the type of rock that I liked was like Black Sabbath and like uh, Guns N' Roses. And I like a lot of ACDC. ACDC, uh, not quite as much as Guns N' Roses. Um, but I do like Def Leppard a little bit more as well. I like that old, I like old style heavy rock and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, grunge, yeah. R&B, oddly enough. And, but so... 
this is really a topic for Muse and Wolf, because this is not the type of music emo. As a Muse and I have very similar taste in music, I actually, we well, suggest I, artists to each other. Ironically, yeah, ironically, though, I also have a lot of similar taste to um, you, Panda, as well. Yeah. I have, like, a huge palette from, like, the 1920s up to the present, like, a, yeah, absolutely. all genres. And, you know me, I'm everything from... I do like other like cultures of music. I think it's worth saying that there are other cultures whose music, like old style, I feel like Western classical music is something you're trained in as mm -hmm. a violinist, but it's not something that you're always the most interested in. So when you hear more Eastern music or um, African uh, drum beating or things like that, um, I, it's stuff I really like. So I think it's important mm -hmm. to acknowledge that this is all from a very Western perspective that we're coming from. Yeah. yeah. So, here's why, here's why my next my next artist is not really a cla a classic like mute like p people want to say because it's EDM. I guess people always put up an argument about this. It's not it's not a classic artist. Blah blah blah. Hello, shut up. I like him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I like his music. Uh, Marshmallow. Marshmallow. Really. Yes, I like uh, some of the songs I do not like. Some of them are more on the rap side. I really don't care for rap. But some of them are just, I just, I don't know, they get me pumped up. That's, mm -hmm. That's fair. So. I like, I like some of his, I'm not too big of a marshmallow fan um i don't dislike edm music i think that all mm. i do think that sometimes sampled and pre-produced music and i think a lot of that is because of if we're talking about race relations right now a little bit um pre-sampled and looped and repurposed music is often looked down upon mostly because in black culture um especially in early rap that was a lot of the stuff that they use so there is a cultural thing there about why people like that kind of music um so i think it's important to acknowledge that, that is music and artistry plans which is why i chose it i was like i know a lot of exactly. people are probably going to argue with me about be like no not at all i don't but not, I think not you guys you mean our, our viewers in the future when yeah, get yeah very true but yeah i do think that there is a there is a little bit of a and i do think that um white artists have a little bit of an easier time breaking into edm and kinds of um, but I think it's a, I think it's a cool genre, and I think it's an in perspective to talk about how pre-samples and that kind of stuff is unique mm -hmm. in artistry, as artistry in its own right as well. Yeah, not to mention if done right, it sounds really good. Really cool, yeah. It's definitely a, a niche skill that I will never have. <laughs> so, <laughs> who knows? Maybe one day we'll release Phantom Misfits EDM. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Somebody god! Work on that. Oh man. Okay. We, we got to take one step at a time. We're trying to get. We're trying. We're doing a podcast. Oh, we're doing one a step channel. at a time. Yeah. Yeah. One you step just, at a time. We're doing it. You, you look like Twitch. very concerned. <laughs> I think I heard something a little different. Please I'm don't say. Pretty it. sure you did. Put it in the chat. Type it in the put chat. It, put it. Type it in the text channel. <laughs> Hold on. I'm scared to read this right now. I have a feeling I know what. I have a feeling I know what you hold. Let's 
go to the text. You better I'll... not. I think I have a bad feeling too. <laughs> it's kind of easy what. It's kind of easy to know what she holds. I mean, I have a feeling. I, I don't know how to it. spell it. Oh, Muse, also, if you want, we can play Stardew for a little bit afterwards. Because now I'm, now I'm actually awake. So. Uh, uh, yes, that. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know how to spell it? It's literally just letter Muse. It's no, I just couldn't letters. think. No, like, I had it in my head, but I couldn't think of, like, wait, how, if, what am I trying this to say? This is a PG... Podcast. Why do you think I'm on the stage? Which is why it's tight. No, I am not. Okay, viewers, this is when we remain audio friendly, and I don't tell you what she just typed. Because we have a strict PG. We're trying to keep it PG, Some... and that is not PG. Yeah. All right, Muse. I guess it's your turn. Do you want to talk any more about your favorite groups? or? Well, are you sure. good? Or Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. About... Uh, I did okay. that, uh, feel like candidate, <laughs> you know, but uh, I did my best. I don't think oh, anyone's. Yeah. I don't think any. I don't think anyone's going to get to that level. It's okay. Yeah. It's, you have to, yeah, be a nerd <laughs> in that. Area, I think to understand all of that. Okay. Yeah. Again, each of us has our own little category that we specialize in. Yeah. Used. <clears throat> okay. Well. One of my groups was Panic at the Disco, I but I'm going to change I feel like you're allowed to say the you same thing. This isn't a debate. This is a... No, I know. But since we've already talked about that one, I'm going to name another okay. of my favorite artists. Just let it be but like that, one's... that she did choose Panic at the Disco for the first one. Oh my god. I... What's okay. your favorite song? Also... Uh, again, I, like I said, it has to be either nicotine or, um, Into the Unknown, but you all don't know that one. I've <laughs> heard the song before. I think everyone's heard the song It's like Let It Go, uh -huh. like, even if you hadn't seen Frozen, you'd heard the song. Yeah, no, it's just, it is so good, and it shows how strong his vocals are in that one. Like, in the very beginning, he shows that he can do the song, just yeah. to prove, like, don't doubt me. Which I find very powerful. But going away from that, because I want to do other going ones. Going away from fangirling over Brendan Urey. Okay, he's hot. I'm sorry. Um, okay. One of my favorite groups that I love listening to, um, sorry to y'all that are not country fans, um, Home Free. Home um, Free. I don't, I've never heard of them before, actually. Oh my god. Okay. If y'all know um, Pentatonix, they're like them. There are five um, vocalists. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard of them. Yeah, there are five vocalists that are a cappella. The group actually has been around for over 10 years, I want to say, and only one of them is still with it, who was one of the original founders, Adam um, Roop. He's the beatboxer of the group, and oh my god, he's like the best beatboxer I've heard in a long time. Mm -hmm. He specializes in drums, and surprisingly, he actually taught himself how to play drums first. And so, because he only learned beatboxing and when he first started off um, doing home free, so he didn't like start off at a young age. He taught himself 
within a couple of years. Yeah, but he taught himself how to play drums. So when he did um, beatbox drums and when he performed, he did it in the motion of like if he played um, the bass, he had the like kick bass, he would do the kick effect. If he was playing the cymbal, he would hit it as if he was playing it. So he taught himself how to do the hand motion stage, which I find really cool. And one of my favorite reasons why I love Home Free is their bass. I was going to say, they have a really talented bass singer. Oh, my God. He, okay, out like, acapella groups that I've listened to, there's, like, Voice Play, Pantonics, Home Free that I listen Their bass, who is um, Tim Faust, he has the biggest range I've heard. He goes from a G0, which isn't, like, off the piano, two octaves down, a P- G0 to A5. Wow, that's very like, impressive. He's not human. He is yeah, not human. That's a very impressive. He's, yeah, he's broken a sound system. That's cool. <laughs> which I, I love. I love, I really enjoy acapella. I think it's, it's an incredible feat of vocal agility, um, listening to what the human voice can do. Um, and if you, yeah. I really like Citizen Queen, uh, just to add to favorite acapella We could do an acapella. If some of us were actually musical. You do not want to hear this. You do not want to hear this voice sing. Trust oh, me. I oh, you have. No mind. This voice sing. I've heard both of you. myself that I'm bad. So, so this includes an all-female acapella group. It was started by Scott Hoying uh, um, of Pentatonix, if you're not familiar with the group. And, um, yeah, I think it's really impressive that Cora Isabel, who's their beatboxer, has such a wide and deep range, Earl. Mm-hmm. It's much more, it's so, for those of you that aren't really familiar with the mechanics of beatboxing, it's much harder for women, especially that are in the piano range, um, of course, I'm kind of an alto, um, which is a bit of an anomaly for a small person, but here we are. Um, so Cora, Cora is about, um, for, has a very excellent range. For women, tend to have much thinner vocal cords than men, and also just their throat chambers and all that. They're not quite as, there's not as much depth, so it's harder for them to learn to beatbox um, just physically. Or, and I'm, I, there are trans men that have this problem, but if you're on T, it's a lot easier to learn to box than someone who's like, you know, like, it, than someone who like, it just has, what's the word? Or trans women, I think, I don't know all the mechanics of it if you're on certain um, hormones, but that's a, di- that would be an interesting topic to write a paper about the differences between um, beatboxers who are trans I'm sorry. I'm like, now I'm just thinking about voice science. <laughs> yeah, what was that uh, about being on topic? I apologize. Listen, <laughs> I really find, I find beatboxers fascinating. Okay, mm-hmm. give me a break. And like, obviously it's not possible for women to learn. I just say, yeah. I'm just saying that like, because of just the physical differences um, between, sometimes between trans men and some, you know, non-binary folks that have more feminine um voice boxes and that kind of stuff it can be harder so that's just impressive to me all right moving on yeah <laughs> yeah i'm going quickly more on yes 
Yeah, last thing with Humphrey, my favorite song so far they've done is Hillbilly Bone. It is such like a, um, it's kind of like a rock feeling to it, but with a country twist. So I really like the um, feel to it, especially, again, Tim, who's the bass, gives you like the big oomph to it. And yeah, and I also like Mayday and uh, Elvira and the you. Know what I hear. Are we talking about the Oak Ridge Boys? No, they did the song Elvira with the Oak Ridge Boys, which is like the original, where it's like they were the first um, country a cappella in a sense. Like they're the old version of Home Free. So, and they did a, it is such a good video. Oh my gosh, I love it. I'll uh, keep talking. I'm going to go make myself a sandwich. My stomach won't stop growling. It's demanding okay. food. It's demanding okay. food. I promise you, I'm not going to be done. Awesome. <laughs> I'm going to go make a sandwich, get myself a drink. I'm going to come back. You'll still be going on all about them. So I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. Going with my second group, um, so I get off them, is um, Lincoln Park. They... Um, Back in high school, I would listen to them all the time because their songs are very um, relatable. Um, Fair. Like, like the song Numb. That one, it's like most of their songs was related around depression or anxiety or trying to find yourself. Um, like, um, oh, what is, what is that one song? Um uh where are you um i definitely don't have them brought up as well um <laughs> oh what is it um uh, oh waiting for the end is one of their really good songs mm-hmm. um where is it i'm trying to find this one just left the building for those of you yeah <laughs> yeah yeah oh one more light that one really hit home just because um, going down like a darker path, um, that one um, I related it to where it's like trying to, where you feel alone and feel like no one would care if you are gone, like permanently gone from the world. And so to have that where where they sing, where um, flickers, flickers, um, who cares if one more light goes out? Well, I do. That line really hit home with me because it's like, for me personally, I feel like no one would care. And then, but hearing that line, it's like, I know Something. someone does. So like yeah. all their songs helped me out because I could relate to them. Like those songs are very relatable and there's a story behind them, which I love. I can understand so. that. Yeah. Especially as someone who also has a very close relationship with suicide, I can see mm-hmm. why that would be appealing. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it definitely is helpful. And like, that's one of the things I love um, with the music groups that I really like is if the song has like a story behind it, if it's just not like random nonsense where it's, I like a truck or I like this girl and she won't be with me, it's like, oh, okay. That's about a bunch, most songs nowadays, but if there's a story behind it or there is a theme or a message behind it, 
then that attracts my attention more to that artist and to the song. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, and then my last group, a person, oh boy, is Eminem. You know what? Eminem gets a lot of hate, but you can't deny that the skill is there. The skill is there. He's a very talented Mm -hmm. rapper. And he crossed yeah. a lot of lines back in his day, but I think a lot of that was just anti Oh, I can name one of the songs that got him a lot of hate message needed to be out. Um, his song, Darkness. Yeah. That one got a lot of hate when he came out with that one. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to go into detail with that one just because of what it's based around. I don't know. Or I if I... Sh- I'm Should not I just go generic? Aware of the context of the song, uh, so I would just be cautious because I really can't give a full perspective on it. So, the song is based around the mindset of, like, during these last few years, we've had, um, like, this is a topic that's really going on nowadays, but not to the what happened in the past, where it's shootings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. I, I know this. And the song was based around the Las Vegas shooter. Yeah. And the song is in the mindset of the guy himself, like talking about, um, like he, it was talking like how he got the guns, how he got away with having an arsenal where just because he didn't have a crime record and like not going into further into that. He did, Eminem did a trick where he took one thing and made where it had two meanings. Like, um, like I took a couple shots. He took vodka shots um, in the video, but it also showed casings. And that's how all of his, a lot of his songs are. There's double meaning behind his lyrics with it. So He's very, very talented in that aspect. And also, one of the things I find interesting with rappers is that they tend to um, diss each other. And it's like um, they'll create songs that go at another rapper. The cool thing with Eminem is he goes against himself so others can't hit him because it's like, I already took away your ammo. Yeah, it's true. And uh, he acknowledges the mommy issue. So I do have some respect for that. And I will say that Eminem diss tracks are always like, wow, I feel like I need to dig a grave for this person. If y'all haven't oh, yeah. heard his Machine Gun Kelly diss track, it's something else. Oh, yeah. I, I, don't, I was like, wow. Because I have very mixed, because if you guys don't know, years a couple of years back now, Machine Gun Kelly did a song called Rap Devil, which was about, which was like a diss track basically to Eminem because it was based mm-hmm. around, um Rap God, which is very, it's one of those songs where it's like, as a, as a queer person, I do have mixed feelings about his use of the F slur sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where, I don't know. I appreciate that he doesn't cross into even worse lines. So yeah. sometimes some of his choices bug me a little bit. But I'm definitely not going to not to deny his artistry, and definitely not going to deny his songwriting. Who are we talking about? I'm back. Eminem. 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 
Yeah, he has, yeah he's he my last favorite. He has, he has good songwriting. He makes very like, um, mm-hmm. like um, you can feel emotionally songs, like emotionally. Songs, oh yeah. Yeah, like one of my favorite songs of his is actually Mockingbird. That's a good song. Um, yeah, cause like that used alongside like um, that used to be my favorite like childhood rhyme, uh, like lullaby. Um, I don't know if you guys know that one. Um, like if like Mama buys you a diamond ring, or oh, hush yeah. little baby, don't you cry. Oh yeah. Yeah, or, and. Yeah. Yeah, and um, the song actually has part of that lullaby in it, um, yeah. which is really cool. And I don't know, uh, like going back uh, with songs that have stories and meaning behind it, all of his songs actually, for the most part, have a story behind it. If you have you ever to heard the of an lyrics. artist called NF? Mm hmm. That's like him. His his songs mm-hmm. are always, they've always got that emotional impact. I almost said him as one of my favorite. Yeah, artists. I, he's a very. There's no deny. I do like that kind of skit, um, song album structure where there's like a continuing story. I know Janelle Monae and Janelle. Um, she's done that visual album, um, continuous. Uh, based mm-hmm. around the story. Dirty Computer, if you haven't watched Dirty Computer, I think it's one of those things that you need to watch all the way through because it is art in motion. So I definitely understand why that's thrilling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, excuse me, they. Janelle Monet is non-binary. They, them. Correcting mm. myself there. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, those are my favorites. Okay, so I was right. We were still on your favorites. Okay. <laughs> okay, so while you while you are talking, I've been scanning the internet trying to figure out. Well, it's like okay, usually usually on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast, okay? Because my taste music is very J-pop, okay? Oh, oh that's what you meant. Oh, you like mean, the, the Eastern? You mean like music? Eastern, like? Not the East versus West Coast of the U.S. You mean like yeah? I was East. like, wait, we all we're all on the, the East same Coast. State. What are you talking about? Honey's. It was a metaphor. Did you not get that? Was it a metaphor? Yes, I got it. it. I was just very Shiota, I got your back. Don't worry. Okay, Shiota, I, I got you. But yeah, let's talk no, about let, J-pop I, and K-pop. Let's yeah, it. like okay, not. Surprisingly, not K-pop, really, but just J-pop. Oh, thank God. I mean, like, I kind of... No K-pop or anything, guys, but I don't think any of us really care about it. Like, I kind of dabble in K-pop, but not as much as J-pop. <laughs> which, which for a Korean, you wouldn't think, but no. Um... Very, just because you're Korean doesn't mean you have to like K-pop. <laughs> I mean, like, there's only, like... Yeah. I, dude, I was born in Texas before moving here when I was like two years old. I hate country. Yeah. I really don't like country music. But like I'm yeah. of I'm of the wait, wait. Yeah. I'm of the belief that every everyone in the LGBT spectrum or just anyone in general has to have a boy band face. I would believe that. Like yeah. Like for me, it was. We do not have a boy band phase, folks. I had a boy band phase. I had a boy band phase. 
Nope. Then you are breaking my rule. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> I'm a rule breaker. That is my purpose in life. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay. Like, I just recently... I just recently... Okay, the, my top three aren't in any particular order. It's just the, the order that I found them in. Yeah. Uh... The first one I found was uh, a group called called a straw, uh, strawberry prince, which is uh, the it's kind of like Glee, where they where they like cover like previously released songs. It's for like a bit of a spin on them, and like I've noticed while I was scanning through the internet, I like very like uh, not stereotypical. But like very like happy, like happy go lucky, uh, J-pop songs. It's okay. hmm. uh, like I don't know much about its history or whatever, but like it, I have like uh, not even a few songs. Like I'd say a good maybe twenty-ish songs. Although I'm just going to my Playlist on Spotify to look at all these and <laughs> like they seem to be pretty active. Like the most recent song came out like two weeks ago, give or take. Oh, okay. Uh, it's like active. <laughs> yeah. Uh, da 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 da. Then, uh, wait, shit. Uh, <laughs> Again, I, I've been scouring the internet trying to figure trying to figure people out. Uh, uh, so that's one, and the other one is uh, I wouldn't say it's a music group, but it is a uh, I wouldn't say it's a music group, but it is it is uh, in. Anime, again, I am such a nerd. An anime that's based around music. Uh, okay. Is this the uh, way you showed me? Carol Tuesday? Yeah. No, but, that, but that's also a good one. Uh, I'm not lying. It was really good. I... Like okay, the, I'm not gonna say anything, but like the final, the final song in that series is so good. It's like seven minutes long. And it's still so good. Um, uh, Storm you. That's it. Like there's okay. Hang on. I on my iTunes. I have I've downloaded Ill, illegally. <laughs> Quote unquote. Uh, all of them, and the, I have like ninety nine songs, ninety nine songs from them. It's like six hours, six hours, and like thirty three minutes. <laughs> uh, it, so that is one of them that I really like. Uh, again, like most of the, most of the songs I like are very like happy, happy go lucky, cheery. They give me like. Have give me in like a happy mood or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thought I couldn't find it, but I will say I will just put this as my 
official thought because I can't find it is uh, Shaw and Tuesday actually because I will like like it's the only English speaking artist music group that I actually have in my top three. Uh, I would like uh, I am I'm. Don't want to say anything that's spoilish because I want you to watch this. Uh, it's a net, it's a next, next, Netflix original anime, anime series. Uh, it has like, like it's kind of like tech. Like so, most of the songs are kind of technoish, but then there's uh, the other side of it is very like wholesome and like music that comes from the heart kind of uh, mm -hmm. trope. Yeah. Uh, as you can see, I'm not as prepared. <laughs> All right, like going back to like like going back to the analogy of the principles. Auto coming in and like just showing everyone up. Like, I am not gonna. I am not gonna be as impressive. It's okay. Uh, yeah. You're not. It's all right. And I think it's really it, it's a good opportunity to discuss East yeah. Eastern pop music, um, especially mm -hmm. and um, what's the word? Uh, just especially in that area of Asia, it's really interesting uh, pop culture dynamic. I don't know much about J-pop culture um, and J-pop groups, but from what I know about K-pop, the culture, especially for women, is very toxic. Um, it's, it's just, and of course, this is only K-pop specifically. Obviously, South Korea in general is very obsessed, is very um, focused on physical appearance. They, um, no, yeah, I, remember, I, I don't know any exact numbers. <laughs> I can't remember exact numbers. Um, but I do know that they have the highest rate of plastic surgery. Um, That's just sad. And the developed world, um, developed is well, I shouldn't say developed, uh, because that's kind of a anyway, kind of a thing. I would like to point out the people, that. unless you have a something physically like a physical deformity or something that you're incredibly insecure about to the point where it's causing it's it's causing crippling anxiety or depression over the fact yeah i don't think people should be should be doing plastic surgery i think it's one of those things where i really think it's that people should do what they want do you know what i mean i'm not gonna yeah but they're gonna abuse it and then, you get the, then you get the stars that have, i think like, that there the, should be an age limit for plastic surgery the basketball size butts and chest i think that, <laughs> I'm uh, just, but like, not seriously? even that i do think that like we could use, but I'm if I'm deviating away from Eastern pop music culture for a second, Tana Mojo is a great example of someone who like got a lot of plastic surgery very young and who looks much older than she is in reality now. If yeah, you guys plastic are surgery ages you guys. Tana Quite Mojo seriously. is 21 for those which of is, you. Which is ironic when you think yeah, of it. She looks really old. Yeah, she looks like she's at least 28. I mean, um, I mean so, you look at us, in funny story, uh, you look at us, we and look we, like look really, we all look like babies. Funny story. 
we're went in early 20s, into so. a um, Walmart once with my dad because he had to get something and I needed to get a game. I was getting Red Dead 2 for Xbox. And <laughs> went to the counter, went to get it. I don't remember if I told you all this. Um, guy's like, okay, is there an adult around? I what was your dad? I saw you with your dad. I was like, uh, why do you need my dad? And he was like, because this is rated M, 17 up. You, you need an adult to verify this. And I just looked him dead in the eye and I went, I'm 21. And that man, his face went red so fast. His two coworkers behind him just cracked oh, bless him. up. They were almost on the ground in laughter, and he was, like, stammering out. He was like, I'm so sorry. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. He just looks so young. I'm like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, I'm 21. Oh, you want to see my ID? He was like, like yes. Yeah. He saw my ID, and he put it on the bed, and he just, he literally just, <laughs> he just face palmed and sat down He was like, I am so sorry. <laughs> anyway going going back to the topic of eastern uh pop music and this culture so a personal well not really a personal anecdote but a friend's personal anecdote so i have a very dear friend danny um and she is filipina uh and uh, so she obviously she really loves k-pop she loves k-pop uh, she, I think she likes Red Velvet, and she, what else does she like? I don't, I don't, I can't remember. I haven't seen her in a while. But anyway, when she was young, she almost got into a K-pop girl group. Um, oh, from what boy. I know, it's a very strenuous audition process. It's they go to specific schools when they're young to be trained as K-pop stars. They chose and are chosen to be put in, and they have to be under a certain weight. If I remember right, I think it's 115 pounds, which is how much I weigh for context. I'm five feet tall and uh, I'm not overweight or anything, but I am, a, you know, I'm a little bit thicker than the average bean. And I, <laughs> I, I can't imagine being five foot five and having weighed that much. And um, especially if it's not a natural body. Um, and there's a lot of body image issues in Korea because of K-pop music culture, from what I know. Um, and also there's some issues with racism in K-pop music as well, but I know. I know that um, Hwasa, who is a member of Mamamoo, has said the N-word, and I know Mamamoo at some point did blackface um, in a music video. <laughs> and so, it's like, what was it? It was a Bruno Mars, they were doing Treasure? I can't remember. It was a Bruno Mars song. Treasure? It was question mark. Um, and I know that they released an apology for it, and they didn't understand it necessarily. But I do think that as we branch, like that, there is a reason that we. It's yeah, interesting to think about it. Unfortunately, where that whole cultural divide goes into play. That's another thing. True. They get bashed over something that isn't really a cultural problem in their area. I think a lot of it is just because there's, and obviously I'm 
I have liked some of Mama Muse music in the past. So, and I obviously when I found out about that, I I'll be honest, I was quite turned off after that. Um of course, I am a white person. I can't speak about how certain actions make people of color feel and what it should mean to them. So, I'm not going to really comment on it. It's not really my place to say. Yeah. You know, um, but I will say that I find K-pop um and that kind of culture and the music style very interesting. So I'm glad you brought that up, Shioda, because I feel like we're always so focused on Western pop music that we forget how much Eastern pop music is making a come making a comeback in the uh, the Western sphere. I mean, there is obvious B. There is obviously BTS, which is BTS, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Did one of those guys die or something? I don't think so. They were just at the VMAs. Okay, let's try not to. Enrage the BDS, the BDS fan page. I saw an article headline or something about. I don't think that any of them. Hey, have, I, have I hope no not. I hope none of them have. I don't know if it was for their group or another group. I don't know who the members are. I feel like I would I have heard it if BTS had so a member of BTS had died. I feel like it would. I'm have been pretty sure, yeah, it would have been everywhere. Which is <laughs> like, I don't know if this is what happened. I don't. Know I if doubt it. it. It was probably a different K-pop group, but. Still Probably. very sad, and I really hope I. They're very talented. They're very talented fellows. Very talented, excellent dancers. Uh, the harmonies are there, so I definitely understand why people enjoy them. It's not typically my kind of um, music. That kind of I mean, I really think, up. I think the most recent song was in was all in English, and that's that, that just so. show that just shows how big it big it, that group has grown. Very true. Mm -hmm. It's very impressive because. It's very hard for groups outside of the U.S. to break into U.S., um, especially girl groups and uh, boy bands. It, it's very hard for them to break into the U.S. music scene. Mm -hmm. So it's very impressive what BTS has accomplished. So I definitely have a lot of respect for them for that. Cool, it's just yeah, not... they, they didn't just break into the music scene. They exploded into the music yeah, scene. Yeah, really. It's quite impressive. Um, especially for a group whose first language isn't even English. Like, to come mm -hmm. in and just busted open the way they have really cool um but oh man that's a whole nother and also i really appreciate i this is just a whole nother discussion isn't it how eastern pop music has influenced views of masculinity that's a whole nother thing i think that we're mm -hmm. bts has opened bts especially but there are plenty of other really phenomenal korean and japanese male singers that are you know, maybe not the traditional Western view of what masculinity should be. You know, they are a lot skinnier and they dye their hair. Sometimes they wear makeup. Um, and yeah, why so, can't why can't we be? They dance. Why can't Americans they love to be cool like that. They uh, I, I think, and that's a lot of Western culture in general. It's not just America. Um, you see a lot of that in European cultures as well. I know, but um, I wish people were far more chill and cool. I do, I do too. You know, gender is such a wide spectrum of presentation, and it is. And I hate it when people are like, "That's not just... what girls do. That's not what boys do." You I don't act like more either. like a boy or more like a girl. What's you know, that, Muse? Most times I've been told that stuff. Yeah, Muse. Shiata, do you have anything else you want to say about? Yeah, do you have anything Next? else you want to say about this topic? I apologize. <laughs> the oh, went off I'm sorry. I was just—it opened up a lot of really great 
discussion is all. Did you want to add anything else? Yeah. Ooh, both the moderators. Uh, I mean, if we, I mean, if you want me to switch to the west, the west coast, I will because I do no, have. No, you few absolutely that I'm, do not have I'm to. With. No, this I'm is all... favorite music. It doesn't matter where it comes from. It doesn't have to be Western group. I just think it's. I just think it's good that we're talking about it because I think it's important. Yeah, I mean, like most most of my uh, most of the songs I listen to, like the singer sounds like I don't know, like y'all, like like they sound the at least the singing voice does sound like really young, like young and energetic is how I would describe it. Yeah, that's fair. I could understand the appeal. I understand the appeal for sure. Um, and it's a lot of that you do see Western influence, obviously, in that kind of culture over there, because boy bands are obviously very early 2000s. I've convinced that the American early 2000s was just a fever dream or a government experiment. Like, I don't know what was going on. <laughs> like, everybody was wearing... It was like a competition to see how low your pants could go. And, everyone and was like, wearing those peace sign shirts. Yes, everyone... Lots Britney Spears's atrocious denim getup that she wore next to Justin Timberlake. <laughs> like, Let's not remember that. Like, I'm sorry, no, that was like the peak of just white people nonsense. So that was. That made me wonder what, what was wrong with white people. <laughs> Specifically <laughs> Western, like that. especially white, especially like American white people, just. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, uh, anyway, um, but yeah, going back to the topic of like just Eastern um, music and um, Eastern, especially Eastern Asian male pop stars, um, I think it's really great to see that so many people are just like, oh my God, these guys are so hot, you know, and like they're, they're not maybe, like I said, they're not traditionally Mac men and uh, Asian men in particular have a history of and I'm sure Shiota you can comment on this a lot better than I I'll can. Say, I noticed Shiota um, perk up a bit. Yeah, Asian men have a <laughs> history of being feminized by our culture. We aren't they don't treat them like and Asian people in general. I took a gender studies class last year that we talked a lot about how race relates how, how, re how race relates to um, gender expectations and how we often force masculinized ideals on black cultures and um feminine and we feminize ideals against asian cultures um it's if, like white is the standard and then we just measure up to that it's quite silly Ugh. Oh, and, so yeah, on, and, then, and then i remember well, that i think she yeah yeah i mean on, honestly when it comes to body structure i wish i had the i wish i had that <laughs> Body type, because honestly, like, like, have you seen me? I'm kind of oh, on the pushy side, dude. You're hot. Well, you know what they say: you are your own worst critic, and it's being very yeah, true. That's what you are. You're a great guy. We love you. You are an amazing friend, and we can give you big hugs. That's all I care big, about. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't look like that. I mean, they're. The guys there in those groups are in fantastic shape because they dance very so intensely. The dancing around, is very yeah. intense. Uh, can I just say that the dancing for Eastern pop groups is really intense and like way more intense than almost any of the dancing we see in um, American pop groups. Uh, 
I, Americans have like, a habit of just standing still and then maybe moving back and forth on the stage. These guys hop yeah. around. Yeah. Like, it's, the choreography is very intense. And there are really great, you know, Beyonce and we see a, and um, other pop singers have, Normani is a great dancer. We see a lot of great dancers in our music. Just, it's just not, the level of intensity in group choreography completely different level over there. Really. Ugh. Do you have anything? <laughs> do you have any other groups you want to talk about, Shiok? I'm really. Uh, let me look through my infinite playlist. You know, like I, I literally just reached a thousand songs on here. So give me a sec. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, dude, I have to limit myself. I'm like, if I, I know when I look at the song name, don't remember the whole song or don't remember specific things about the song. But honestly, I, I just, it. honestly, I just get, I just pick out the songs that I don't. Uh, like if there's like the way occasion when I do like like a particular group, I will like listen to their like the albums they have on available, then just like kind of pick them, either pick them out or like if I like like in the real instance I like the uh, most like my joy songs, I just like kind of add all of them to the list and just kind of go about my day. There's a song I've been listening to. Yeah, while Shio is searching. Yeah, well, yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm going to see if you perk up to it. You can't mirror mirror. No, no, I'm just going to say the title. Mirror mirror. Come I've heard on. Of it. Well, it sounds familiar. Oh. Ruby. Oh. <gasps> Thank you. It took him a minute. Hey, you, okay. so you could see the moment, by the way, viewers. You could see the moment it hit me because my entire face just went like, <gasps> Yo. Yeah. Hey, anybody yeah, a Tosin fan? What's up? She is such a good uh, singer, by the way. Sorry, oh I just God. got distracted. Otofu just went live on Twitch. Anybody in Otofu did by Daylight Fan? What's up? All right, moving on. <laughs> are you ready to go with this next one? We're probably gonna wrap it up after the if you after this next group. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I already. Have you done three? We got a little I bit off topic so. talking about Eastern. Culture. Oh, yeah. I mean, to, be, to be fair, I mean, three yeah, hours. A little excited. Three yeah. Hours, I mean, yeah, to be fair, three hours, three hours of four people here while focus on Western while I'm over here and they're way on the other side of the hill. <laughs> no, that's great, though. It's great to be talking about like other forms of music and especially talking about how different cultures intersect. I think, mu I mean, music is. Universal language. Universal, it's as a universal well. language, first of all. Mm -hmm. It's influenced by culture together. and politics and all those other oh, things. Yeah. So I think it's so important to discuss how they intersect. It brings yeah, people I mean, together. I, yeah, I think I think they people don't take the moment take time to realize how big of a influence both Eastern and Western hemispheres <laughs> are, are on each other like uh, in my playlist, I have like Emily and 
Muse, I think you're gonna pull up to the other one. Nave wants a battle. <laughs> there we go. Both of them oh like yeah. Them. Yeah, like <laughs> they they do a lot of they do a lot they do a lot of like covers of like Eastone animation mm-hmm. openings. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've heard his music because I had we hey. were driving somewhere once and I had it on a playlist for us. Yeah, I got into him because of <laughs> because he looked hot. Okay. Don't. I mean, okay. For me, okay. For me, like I like uh, a friend of ours introduced him to me in uh, I want to say freshman year of high school, and I got was like, all right. Then I then told I want to say junior year I started to really get into him. Plus he's. Korean and he's super attractive, so that's oh, that yeah. may have also played a factor in that. <laughs> I just realized that, like, it's interesting to think about how, like, almost I can think of almost no American artists in the mainstream that are Asian. Isn't that horrible? I, yeah. <laughs> I can name three that I think of. Look at Joji, uh, Haley Kyoko. And then Rina Sawayama, who's alternative. Um, also, if you don't know who Rina Sawayama is, please look her up right now if you're listening to this. She's amazing. Whoever's house is burning down, or if you're getting murdered <laughs> somewhere, something. Can you please have that happen somewhere else? As lovely as hearing fire sirens, fire truck sirens are. Why is that a lovely sound? <laughs> I'm pretty sure the thing sarcastic. Fear. As lovely as oh. it is hearing, I thought living <laughs> in an apartment off campus would save me from having to hear that, and I forgot my apartment is right down the road from the fire department. <laughs> um, yeah, well, yeah, Wolf, I sent you, I remember when we were, we, we both found out that we both had an interest in file force. I sent you the uh, link to Nate's cover of Inferno. Mm-hmm, it was really good. Oh yeah. Oh boy. All right. Do we have anything else to talk about, or should we go ahead and wrap up? Because we've been blabbering on for an hour and a half. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, I we feel like if we we care about like, we just no, on and it on was a good on. discussion. I think we open up into. I feel like we always open up into avenues about all kinds of other stuff. We have a, we have an issue of going off track. Yeah. I mean that's just us. Uh, I mean, there's yeah. also a kid. There is also a K-pop uh, group called Super Junior that uh, a friend of mine introduced me to. I only have, I only have like four songs of their. Wait, one, two, three. Nope, three songs of theirs on my phone because like they're they're all light, but like I'm kind of selective with my music. Because again, like I'm not too big on K-pop. More J. I'm more of a J-pop person, but I do dabble in it every one, every, like every every once in a while. Hmm. All right. What a great discussion about music and culture and all kinds of other stuff. Once again, mm-hmm. guys, I always love coming on, guys. 
always something new. There's always something interesting to just talk about. Um, so I think I'm going to wrap it up here and give you the outro. Thanks, everybody, so much for joining us. Tune in uh, next week. What have we got in store next week? Well, we'll find out next week. We'll find out. You know, we're still <laughs> yeah, debating it. I'm working on the outline still, but, you know. Mm-hmm. And yes, I'm folks, looking... we do have outlines for our podcast Don't episodes. judge. Yes, I do script. I do outline, but we don't really go with them. We just kind of use oh, them. Oh, we veer off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's more of a way to make sure we can get to the next thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just something that can keep us moving more than anything. Yeah, it's more mm-hmm. of a, here is a suggestion of what we need to at least talk about. If you want to veer off, you're going to veer off. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all so much for joining us this evening. Uh, hope we catch you in the stream if this gets... Uh, Uploaded before the stream comes out on Friday, uh, but it should really considering I'm spending a large chunk. Oh, I'm um I'm uh going back home tomorrow. So considering I'm spending a large mm. chunk of my drive this three day weekend, and I, I don't have three class on Fridays, and my class tomorrow ends at ten forty five, so I'm going home. See my dog. Must be nice. Um, it is very nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's very nice. I'm sorry, but yes, it is very nice. Um. Okay, y'all. Thank you all so much for joining in us. And please enjoy your lovely weekend, you beautiful people. Have a great one. Bye. <laughs>